Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. This is Letterman Live, brought to you by our good friends at Roosters. It is another uh, virtual hangout for a fun, casual conversation uh, about the Ohio State Buckeyes and about this delicious meal that I picked up online ordering. Available at Roosters, we have Nicole Cox here to kick off the show with our, our, our partner from Roosters, Justin Zwick and Jeremy Birmingham. You know those guys, we'll get to them. But Nicole, uh, thanks so much for hanging out and updating us on you know, what you guys are doing in the community and uh, helping keep me fed and a lot of other people uh, with the different ways you guys are trying to, to, to manage this crisis. You are so sweet. Thank you so much for ordering from us, Austin. We really, really appreciate it. Um, I, you know, we kind of all talked about the good thing that's come from this. We finally launched online ordering. So it's, it's going well, um, working through the kinks, but it's very exciting. And um, we are, you know, taking all of this, just the precautions very seriously. Um, I don't know if you noticed when you went to pick up your food, just, you know, we have the markers for the six feet apart. Um, we have different entrances for online ordering and just phone in orders. Um, we have sanitized pens and pens that need to be sanitized. I mean, we're just trying to do as much as we can to keep everybody as safe as possible. So it's yeah. definitely different times. The way that, that you guys have all, are always you know, giving back in the community and, and treating, you know, we, we miss the waiters and waitresses that we had on our show on Mondays. I know that it's a tough time for everybody. How, is, how significant has, has the adjustment been for you all to try and get through this? And, and how great has the support back to Roosters been from the community here? Um, honestly, I get like emotional thinking about how appreciative we are to the entire community for all their support through this. It's just, it is so heartwarming. It's heartwarming. I get texts from people that just, you know, like you right now, Austin, with your food sitting there. Um, it just means the world, you know, because we're trying to keep afloat and we want to, our, you know, we want to make sure our team is taken care of. And, you know, it's, that's the hardest part. They, they're family to us. So um, everyone ordering carryout helps that, which is just absolutely amazing. We are just so, so appreciative. And um, it just means the world to us. What, what's left there to do? Like you've mentioned this before. We know like Jay-Z just got back from the, the cruise in February and everyone was raving about all the money you raised and how, you know, the next goal that you, the next million dollars that you're going to get next year. How are you guys trying to balance staying in business with uh, how much you give back uh, charitably? This is the first time that the first time to even consider where, you know, we get food requests and things like that. And we want to give back as much as possible. Honestly, we have had some amazing vendors, some of our vendors that provide our products to us. Um, make some donations for us to be able to donate to hospitals and feed healthcare workers, first responders, things like that. And we're just so appreciative to them. Um, you know, we're still planning on having our annual golf outing. Um, it's August 21st, but as of right now, I mean, you know, hoping that's going to happen and right. so we can raise money. And I guess we're brainstorming other ways too, that if this doesn't, you know, let up, um, how we're going to raise money for the cruise, but I know we'll be able to, we just have to come up with some more unique ideas. Yeah. The great thing right now is that I'm still allowed to play golf. So hopefully that August 21st date comes on. I know that there was debate back and forth. Is it socially 
acceptable social distance wise to go yeah. play golf. And so far they've found a way to do it. So let's hold out hope that we at least get one, right? And I know. Two weeks before the season starts. So hopefully everybody I know. care of business by then. We hope so. We hope so. So yeah. All right, Nicole, we'll let you go because we don't need to bore you with... Uh... No, guys, thank you so, so much for having us on. It's so great to see people. Yeah, right? <laughs> this this so Monday great. afternoon, hey, it's always, it was always my favorite thing to go to Roosters and talk and eat the food, but uh, I'll pick it up and settle for Zoom right now. It's the best we can do. <laughs> it's great. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Nicole. Have right. a good one. See you, Nicole. All right, we're going to let Spencer Holbrook jump in here and complete the foursome. Uh, as I said, Berm, Jay-Z, now Spencer here. It's uh, another Monday with uh, no spring football. Jay-Z, we were – you guys were, were teasing me about how excited I was about there being spring football right before it started, and you guys were like, no, cancel it. We don't need it. You'd, take, you'd miss it so bad if you were playing, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean it just is – I couldn't imagine being – you know, a student athlete at this point in time, it's just like, what the heck can we do? What are we supposed to do? I mean, you know, as a quarterback, you know, I, I did a thing with channel six a couple of weeks ago when it first started saying, you know, like how big is this for these guys? And it's huge, you know, cause you had Justin Fields coming back for a second year, these young receivers who were going to get all this work done in the springtime. And yeah, I, I don't know that they can do that. You know I mean? Maybe you get one or two guys to go out to the field somewhere outside and, and throw with them, but it's not the, not the same. So it would be wild to, uh, you know, no school or online school and, you know, no workouts and no, I mean, it, it's craziness. Justin, you have two early enrolled true freshmen in CJ Stroud and Jack Miller who got to campus in January, started, you know, spring practice, got three practices in and then had to put it on the shelf, right? Yeah. These are two guys that are going to be competing with Gunnar Hoke as a the backup quarterback to Justin Fields yeah. at Ohio State. The way the the way the conference is, the way the schedule is, the way that the program is built, that second team guy is getting a lot of real playing time in the season, probably. Oh, no doubt about it. And I mean, you know, when you come in early, like those, you know, a lot of guys are doing nowadays. You do that expecting to get those reps to right. get that experience of, all right, you know, I'm going to be this much ahead of everybody else that comes into my class because I was here. You know, I went through all these practices. I know what it takes to make it through, you know, a practice, a workout, you know, any of that stuff that is going to be different for them. And uh, they just aren't getting it. So, I mean, they're, you know, probably going back to what they had been doing, uh, you know, workouts on their own or, you know, before they got to Ohio State, they got a taste of what the coaches expected. So maybe they changed the workouts a little bit, you know, to cater to an Ohio State workout. But, you know, they, they are missing out. It's, it's big because that second, you know, like you said, they're going to play. That second team more than likely is going to play a lot. And, you know, you never know. You're one snap away at that point in time. So for these young guys to not be getting this experience is, is just unfortunate for them. And, you know, you talk about the young quarterbacks, you got young receivers who everybody was talking about when they, you know, signed and came early. And those guys are in the same boat. Justin, when you look at it, so because they were enrolled, they at least get to, you know, do the FaceTime stuff with Corey Dennis. They can call Ryan Day and they can do some, you know, virtual learning the same way that we're on Zoom right now talking. But, you know. That's not the same. <laughs> receivers to throw to. Yeah. Like those reps are more important, but like, how would you how would you evaluate that? Is it significant enough that they get to still break down film, or they have? Yeah, I mean, I, I think film work. You know, right now for them probably is more. Uh, all right, let's get in the playbook. 
you know, you, we're going to go, we're going to hit this section this week. We're going to hit this section, that, you know, and they're going to know that like the back of their hand. And so when it comes to the field, they're going to say, all right, man, I've been through this a million times because we had nothing else to do. If it's cover two, I'm reading front side. If it's cover three or something else, I'm going backside, you know, on, on every, you know, all those different scenarios that they could go through. And, and you could do that now, you know, Corey could get up, you could probably have the, the chalkboard up there and, you know, have guys watching, lasering, showing them different things, uh, you know, on film. You know, you know, film is great and it's nice, but it's not actually getting out there and doing it. Yeah. So, you know, they just got to take advantage and try and learn as much as possible, you know, do what they can and just feel going into the summer, if there is a camp, like, hey, we got this playbook down. We're not worried about that. I can, you know, if they signal me a play, I can recite that whole thing back. Because a lot of times with these young quarterbacks, you know, you get, you know, trips right up, you get eight different words and they get into the huddle like, crap. What was that last part? You know, like right. these guys having that time now to just have nothing else to do but study the playbook should feel a little bit more comfortable once they get into, uh, you know, a camp where they're calling plays and, and uh, being in the huddle with the guys. Yeah, I figured since we hadn't had you in for a while, this would be a quarterback-heavy show, Justin. I like you know, it. We didn't have – so we didn't have the spring game on Saturday. We tried our best to have a, a mock one. Berm and I drafted. Yeah, I like that. That was good. I think we all know who won. <laughs> uh, we can get to that later. For me, I wanted to see C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, though, because, you know, one after one day, that, that Monday early in March, I thought C.J. Stroud looked way ahead of where I thought most, you know, early enrollee quarterbacks have been at Ohio State. How far could he come? Would Jack Miller have improved over those ensuing 14 practices? Of course, he probably would. Spencer, for you, was it the quarterbacks you were most interested in seeing, or was there some other position that you really wanted to be there in the shoe on Saturday to see? Well, I wanted to watch some running backs because there was only one available, and I wanted to see if Steel Chambers had made Let's any progress. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to see yeah, if Steel Chambers had made any progress. <laughs> but then the other side of the quarterback's coin is you've got the quarterbacks probably throwing into, some, into a young secondary, and there's some young guys out there trying to make some plays against young receivers. So – you know, it's one thing to see, you know, win or loser, win or loser at practice. It's another thing to go into the horseshoe and have G. Scott line up against Ryan Watts and see who wins that battle. So I think there's a big part of this secondary that's going to be, hey, you missed the spring. Now you've got to turn it on in the fall because I think the secondary is missing out the most from not having spring practice. I was really looking forward to seeing uh, what Kerry Combs did with that unit throughout the entire spring. And it's, it really is a bummer that, that we didn't get to see that on Saturday. Yeah, and those young guys in the secondary think about coming in with a new coach, Kerry, coming back. Yeah. What, what do we expect out of this guy? You know, they got a couple of days of him, and they get to do this kind of stuff with him now, but that's not the same as seeing him, you know, in a scrimmage setting or, you know, something along those lines where it's like, oh, all right, this is, we got to turn this up a little bit. And even yeah. then, you've got the, the older guys that were recruited by Kerry. You've got Marcus Williamson, and you've got those other, you know, Tyreek Johnson, who – Maybe they latched on to carry and, and made some progress that they hadn't made in the first few years in the program. Now those practices are all gone, and you don't know how they're going to react when it's just a, it's another fall camp and you don't get those extra spring practices. I really hope the NCAA wises up and get, gives uh, some of these programs practices back that they didn't get because that secondary, I think, needs, needs a, as much practice as it can get. Not that it's going to be bad. I just think when you have inexperience and you have, uh, you know, if you look on paper, a lack of depth, you, you need some, some practice time. I think the secondary could use it really badly. Yeah, have you guys heard anything about, uh, you know, like the NCAA saying, now, granted, I guess we don't know, but yeah. maybe five practices in the middle of the summertime, you know, something to get the guys together to, you know, since they didn't get that spring. Is there any kind of talk like that maybe going around? 
right now all the conversation is still what more are you going to lose as opposed to what you're going to gain back and that's kind of the hard part I mean you have you've seen that they've made these adjustments and now the recruiting visits will be off until at least June 1 but that's going to extend I mean that there's almost no doubt in my mind that's going to extend through June um, probably into July and you know, then you just don't know how to balance it because as you know, high school practices and camps are starting middle of, Ju- middle of July. Mm-hmm. How do you get these kids on campus? How do you get your kids back on campus if the general population of students isn't on campus? Like there's just, so there's just so many question marks um, right now more than there are answers. And I think that's frustrating everyone. Yeah. I think that there is a consensus, Justin, that uh, – Coaches and administrators are asking for that. They, they know that they need to tackle it. But um, Gene Smith, for instance, gave a press conference, a conference call update on Friday, you know, detailing kind of the process for them at this point. And they can't commit to one model over another for scheduling. They don't know, you know, when you're going to be allowed to have uh, gatherings of 100 people, which, you know, you play. Your roster is not just the 85 scholarship guys, which on its own is going to be a problem. But – you have the walk-ons, you have the coaching staff, you have now you have the nutritionists. Trainers and everybody, yeah. So, like, football is going to be – it's the most important for college campuses to bring back because of the money that's at stake, but it's also the most challenging. And, and as you said, just getting them – they all want the extra practices. They know that it's important to have guys physically ready to play this demanding sport, but you don't know when that date's going to be. It's impossible to predict as we sit right here on April 13th. You know, we've got to get, get one milestone checked and another checked with, you know. Yeah, i got to be able to leave our house first, right? <laughs> like, and, and beyond that, there's, they're going to debate if you're still doing virtual learning, can you safely bring um, college athletes back to your campus without, you know, giving up the guys that they're not, you know, employees to make money for people. So all these things are, are difficult to answer. And I think what my point with what Gene Smith was trying to say was, we all have to just be patient right now. There's things that they want. They want those practices back. Coaches want them. Administrators and, and Gene Smith, athletic department, they want to make, they want to have the games on time because there's, that's a $210 million budget for Ohio State that's almost all coming from football. They can't go without it. Um, players, you know, they want to play the game. Yep. So all these, all these things are warring with the fact that we're dealing with an unprecedented situation and, you know, to, to sit here and, and predict it, it's almost impossible because we don't, you know, a month ago, we would have never dreamed that this was the position that we'd be in. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing is making sure that you are reacting appropriately, but not going too far ahead and, and getting, because you can't really walk things back. Once you say you can't start practice until September 1st, you can't really walk that back two months from now. So like you have to be prudent in making these decisions, but you also have to be patient and understand every day things seem to play out a little bit differently. And, you know, understand that things in Columbus, Ohio are not the same as they are in, in Michigan or New York or uh, Atlanta. So like, how do you make it equitable and, and fair across the board? So I just don't think that we're anywhere close to getting those answers. It's crazy how this works. Like, Sometimes I, I, I plan the show, what we're going to talk about. I'm like, this week, we're not going to make any mention of the pandemic. We're just going to talk about football <laughs> stuff in the spring. But it's really impossible, right? Like, 
this has so dramatically changed all of our lives that any conversation is inevitably going to go that way. Yeah. But I'm going to try to stop it and get it under control now. It's fair that we talk about it every week and what we've heard the latest. We've got to do that. Justin made a great point to bring that up. But beyond, you know, that I think it's important to remember how badly I destroyed Berm in the spring game. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to gloss it over, but Berm has fought over and over that, you know, if, if it hadn't been Justin Fields that he outdrafted me, that doesn't matter. I draft you. I did outdraft you. It's not, it's not a fight. The the reality is, and you and why don't you admit to the world that you were afraid to put out a poll that said if both teams had Justin Fields, who would who would win? You why were afraid. They? Well, that's part of the draft there. You gotta get the best guy, right? Well, well that's well, that has nothing to do with the draft. That's just getting lucky on the coin flip. Berm, <laughs> if, if every team had Tom Brady in the NFL, who would win? I don't know, because only one team's got him. It's not. It's what a Spencer. We're talking purely hypothetical. If Justin Fields was the all-time quarterback, who would have won the game? My team would have won. Well, I would have got to draft first then, and you wouldn't have had Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison. So that's okay. Hypotheticals? Do you want just take? I I want one. Move on to the next question. I want one hypothetical. And move on. I mean, it's whatever. It's as I told as I told Austin in our Slack. That day, it was like he got to draft Thanos and then got to still pick half of the Avengers, and that seems unfair. <laughs> anyway. Everyone knows that once you got the number one pick that your team was going to win because there is no way you can match up the Ohio State roster person for person when you have Justin Fields on one side. It's impossible. I definitely would have drafted a better roster than you if the, if the situation had been reserved. At Here's my question. Justin, Justin uh, Zwick, this is for you. Do you remember the jump between your first year of playing full-time in college to the second, like mentally, emotionally, maturity? How important was that for you, and why should Buckeye fans be nuts excited about what Justin Fields should be this year? I uh, – I, I... Year to year, once I in my sophomore year, oh four was you know my first time playing. I, I remember my first snap as a freshman. I thought, holy, shit, these guys are men. What am I doing here? But that was when I first came in from high school. Right. Uh, you know, after you get some games under your belt and you start to feel comfortable with Justin in the way that he played last year, I I think he's just. I wouldn't be surprised if he's calling some of his own plays. I mean, that, that's where I feel like he should be, um, you know, going into this next year and, you know, having a, two years with Ryan Day and kind of understanding how he wants his offense to be run, you know, the, the idea of what they're trying to do on each series. Hey, we want to run some clock here. We want to try and score big here or quick here. You know, just those, those types of things, I think, as a quarterback and a coach having two years together, they're on that same wavelength. Uh, you know, I think that's huge, and that's something that Ryan hasn't had this whole time. Ever, yeah. You know, ever, yeah. So, I mean, I, I expect Justin, and that's what I was hoping, you know, with spring ball, to kind of just, hey, we're done. We're down on running backs. Let's let Justin just go and see how he handles, you know, throw all this – throw the kitchen sink at him this spring, see how he handles it so we know going into the season what we can rely on, you know, let him kind of give him some leeway with. You know, or do we need to pull him back a little bit and still kind of uh, maintain, you know, our, our grip on the offense? And I, I expect Justin, though, to do the, the first and, and take off and just really have a great understanding of what they're trying to do and getting 
all those playmakers involved. And, you know, I, I really expect him to just blow up. It's hard to say blow up because he blew up last year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he had a great year. We're so, talking I mean, Heisman Trophy finalists already. Yeah, I mean, so it's hard to say that, but, you know, it, he really could. I mean, just become that guy where it's just like, Ryan, be like, I don't know. Justin, you called that series. What what'd you guys – what were you thinking there? What were you doing? I mean, that could be something that we could get into here, and that would be a lot of fun. And as a quarterback, you know, I, I, my senior year in high school, I called plays. And it was awesome. You know, the coach just trusted me. He, you know, I knew what he was thinking and, you know, that sort of thing. And I called most of our plays in practice. I called most of our games you – know, or plays during the game. And, I mean, as a quarterback, there's, there's nothing better than that. All right, so, Byrne, let's, let's take Justin Fields off the table for a second, okay? Sure. If we'd, a, if we'd had a draft and I couldn't take Justin Fields and all four of us got to pick the number one guy, who do you think is the number one pick for Ohio State after Justin Fields? Who would you build around? Spencer, we'll start with you. Um, oh, I'm, Wait a second. I'm, hold I'm, on, hold on, hold on. Time out. We need parameters. Are we talking about building for this year or building a program? This year. Spring game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Spencer. Give us the wrong answer. Oh, no. I'm, I'm starting with Jonathan Cooper because he can get to the passer and he's a leader of a defense. I think you can build a defense around a pass rusher like him and you need some leadership on your team when you get into a close game. And I think if we all get to pick evenly – I'm pretty sure, you know, with Justin Fields off the table, these are going to be two evenly matched teams. You're going to need some leadership. I'm going to take the fifth-year leader. I'm going to take the pass rusher. I got Jonathan Cooper. I did not see that coming. That's where my mind went. For a spring game, I, I was wanting an edge rusher because when you're splitting that offensive lineup, I, I know how this goes all too well, unfortunately. <laughs> you can get hit a lot. You get to the quarterback in a spring game, and that's all you need to do. Uh, so I was thinking somebody like, you know, Harrison or, you know, Cooper or somebody like that as well. And you can go with a young guy like, like well, a Tyree listen, Smith. That's why in, in our actual draft when he did get Justin Fields, my first two picks were Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison um, because I wanted, I wanted the edge. Um, I, I wanted the edge on the edge. But – I would probably go with what Austin's third pick was, which would be Wyatt Davis. I'd start interior line um, building out. So that's where I'd go. Yeah, him, him or, him or uh, Olave is probably – I'd go back and forth between those two. Playmaker. I think in a spring game setting, you've got to build like, – we've seen the pass rushers completely change it and make it almost irrelevant what was happening out there. Uh, I think one year with uh, – Noah Spence out there and maybe Adolphus Washington had like seven or eight sacks and it was like they didn't accomplish anything really. Well remember Joe Burrow's spring game two three years ago? Like everyone was like, okay, see ya. This guy can't play at all. Yeah. <laughs> what about Justin Field's spring game last year? Yeah, I mean I, spring I games for quarterbacks are not always the, the best evaluator. The best, no doubt about it. So for me, if I had had to go a different direction and it almost doesn't matter who's throwing the football, you want Garrett Wilson out there just to you know, he's the spring game stage. That's really where he jumped out and showed everybody why he was a five-star last year uh, with that incredible touchdown out there and on a nice day. And it's really sad that we didn't get to see an encore for that. And, and uh, hopefully next year, uh, his last year, maybe he, he won't even need to play in that spring game probably, but we'll get to see some of that. And I, I would have given some strong consideration to Sean Wade too. And he's probably another guy with the health, you know, he was limited early in camp. Who knows how far along he would have gotten that in recovery, you know, by last Saturday. But, you know, we talked right off the top of the show about the importance of the secondary and the young guys. And, you know, 
if the football's going to be thrown around a lot, I want Sean Wade in coverage. I would have felt pretty good about that. You know, I think that there's, as we talked about last week when we drafted those teams, like there's so many ways you could go um, and so many talented guys. I, Olave, to me, is the leader of the wide receivers and has probably a fairly large uh, chip on his shoulder after the way the season ended. Um, you know, but then you have guys like Josh Myers, who's the best center in, in football. And and you have, again, Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison and Pete Warner and Tuff Borland, who are three, three-year starters on, at linebacker. So, I mean, the, the program is so loaded that we're going to stay quarterback-centric here, I guess. But that's what makes it crazy how much better Justin Fields – like ceiling is than everyone else on the team. Like doesn't that's freakish. And I, I, I mean, before Justin Fields ever took a snap at Ohio state, I told people that he was a combination of Braxton Miller and Dwayne Haskins. And a lot of people thought I was an idiot. Um, people think I'm an idiot for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> just leave on the tee for us. How about that? for you, Jay-Z? Like when you, you look back and you were playing with Troy and, you've watched quarterbacks at Ohio state in the last 15 years since, like, what do you see? Who, who, you know, like those games or those graphics where they build a quarterback and they put like the arm of this person, the legs of this person, <laughs> like who, who do you see with Justin Fields? I, I think, I think you hit it on the head for the most part. You know, I, when he first was coming before I got to see him play or anything, I, I was thinking a trail prior type guy. You know, big, bigger yeah. dude, you know, fast, can run. But then when he got here and he threw the ball as well as he did, I'm like, well, yeah. TP couldn't throw the ball like that. So, you know, you, got, you had to kind of mix it up a little bit. So, I, I like where you're at with – I mean, Braxton, of course, was much faster, you know, quicker, whatever, this or that. But Justin is right there, and he throws a great ball just like uh, Dwayne. I think, I think that for the last – well – well, for what Before we saw that, last we year, really right? recruit quarterbacks like that back in the day. So there was yeah. a bunch of big white dudes like me who just stood in the pocket and wanted to throw the ball. So uh, you know, it's it's hard to go too far back. But I, right. I think you, you got it pretty good there. All right, I could keep talking. It's so great to uh, catch up with you guys. Um, Letterman Live brought to you by Roosters. I could keep you all day, but uh, there's your food's going to get cold at home that that don't really uh, want me to sit here and talk about football all afternoon. So I will. Let you go. Appreciate Nicole Cox. Uh, yeah, I got I to gotta tell Berm, I got my buddies said to keep on uh, Wasserman. They said they love it when you're getting on him. Um, <laughs> I, I love Ari. I, well, I told, I told my guys, I said, you got anything that you want, want us to talk about? I don't know what we're going to do today. And uh, his first thing was to tell, tell Berm to keep getting on Wasserman. Don't tell Ari that. <laughs> it's too late now. It's out oh, there. Oh, man. Hey, it's all right. We're going to have to. It's all in fun. It came, up, it came up last week, too, like with, with what Ari's been talking about with the talent gap and all that. Uh, we have a lot of shows left to do, so we're gonna, <laughs> maybe we'll be able to get uh, Ari in here so he can give his case. We'll see if the Athletic lets that happen because that's been the great uh, feud of this shutdown so far, oh, yeah. Ari against basically everybody else. But, um, but that's the thing. He's not wrong, but he's not right. <laughs> Save it. We got another show coming next, next Monday. Year, or next Monday. Yeah, we'll just. Next Monday, we'll be right back here. I'm going to get some more mac and cheese bites to Tom Burnham. I'm going to eat those right now. Thanks uh, to Spencer Holbrook, Nicole Cox from Roosters, Jeremy Birmingham, and Justin Zwick. Good to have him back in here with us for the first time in a while to talk some quarterbacks. I am just Austin Ward. This has been Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Uh, stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week.